0: On this episode of Camper News Network Podcast, we will talk about the Boeing Starliner flight test mission to the International Space Station that suffered an unfortunate anomaly this morning after launch from the uh, Cape Canaveral Air Force Station launch, Launch Complex 41 in Cape Canaveral, Florida this morning. Also, on today's episode of the Camp News Network podcast, we will talk about um, an event that Camp News Network was a uh, part of last night in attendance at in Manhasset on Long Island with MTA Chairman and CEO Pat Foy and L.A. DeBoer, President Philip Bank And finally, on this episode of the Camp News Network podcast, we remember a NASCAR champion who passed away today at the age of 88. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Camper News Network podcast. I am your host, Matt Camper. Of course, uh, most of you all know me as the creator of the Camper News Network YouTube channel. And of course, if you heard my um, intro, um, episode earlier t- this evening, um, we are going to be try- doing this, um, on a daily basis, and talking about the news of the day, and, and it could be anywhere from intre- things that I'm interested in, uh, to news that you may have not heard of from the local media, and, Even uh, some other things that maybe that are important that is big and I feel that, of course, I want to react to. So, uh, of course, I hope you all um, will definitely be informed by this you know, um, learn something from this podcast, because this is something that, again, I just feel is important to me that I do for you guys on a daily basis, and it'll be every single day, um, and there'll be different news stories um, every day. So, um, to get away from the usual, you know, things you hear from in the media, and I'll give my opinions on the stories that I feel that are important. So uh, we are going to start with uh, this first ever episode of the Tampa News Network podcast and start with our first story of the day. And that is the Boeing Starliner um, test flight mission to the International Space Station that unfortunately had an anomaly this morning uh, after launch from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station in Florida, of course, in Cape Canaveral, Florida, from Launch Complex 41. So, um, if you don't know, I did watch the launch this morning, um, sort as it happened, and um if you take a look at my YouTube channel, Camper News Network, um, which hopefully will be up to early this evening, um, you'll see uh the press conference with uh NASA administrator Jim Bridenstine after the Molly happened and of course um gave the latest on what happened and everything and um most importantly i'm going to mention right now that the spacecraft is um fine there is again most importantly there this is a uncrewed mission so that is at least a little bit of good news but the main thing is the spacecraft is okay it's in a stable orbit so i want to give you all at least a little bit of um Um, synopsis of exactly what up to this minute we know as to what happened. And again, um, according to what I've heard on Twitter, I'll briefly mention uh, there is a uh, media telecom scheduled for tomorrow uh, for the latest on the status of the mission. So we might do another update on this in tomorrow's episode, but... um, and we don't know exactly up to this point what time that will be. But um, the um, audio of the telecom will be available on NASA's website. Um, so um, when that becomes available, of course, um, you can um, check that out. It will be available, of course, on my Twitter page, at in 1994 on Twitter. So again, if you are new, follow me on Twitter at in 1994 for real-time news on anything that transportation-related major news or news that I enjoy covering or, you know, interest in, definitely follow me there for um, anything related to news. But um, as I was going to say, what happened up to this minute that we know um, is that um, there's this thing on spacecraft where they have like a timer type of thing where it is basically mission elapsed time, you want to call it that. And somehow that—and, you know, after the launch, this was a half hour, I think, after launch. Uh, they have this burn that they have to do to be able to um get to the proper orbit to be able to catch up to the International Space Station. And for re- reasons we don't know as of right now— um. That timer um was somehow I we don't know to this point why it happened, but we know um according to NASA and NASA administrator Jim Bridenstine who um did this during um the press conference mentioned what happened. That timer, which they have to basically have a burn at this precise moment, because if that does not happen, then there could be issues where the um, spacecraft will not be in that proper orbit to be able to catch up to the International Space Station. And that, obviously, is what happened, because that um, mission elapsed time-related thing on the spacecraft uh, was not correct for whatever reason. Um, We don't know why it was incorrect, but... um, And the issue here is normally if you have a crewed mission, um, if there was crew on board, they would be able, as they mentioned, the press conference. And we had um, two astronauts, Mike Fink and Nicole Mann, who were uh, at the press conference and addressed the media. And they mentioned that if that would have happened, they have contingency plans, they train for this um, all the time. And if something like this would have happened... And it's an automatic thing, remember. It's an automatic thing that has to happen. This is not controlled by the crew. This is controlled by an automatic thing on the spacecraft to make that burn at that precise time. If the crew was on board, they would have been able to flip the switch and they could have done this manually. And if that would have happened and there was crew on board, Right now, we would be talking that they would be heading to the International Space Station right now. But most likely, most likely, but obviously since there was no crew on board, the issue is is that they were, um, when this happened, they were, it, as of right now, it looks like, and I'm just saying, as of right now, it looks like what happened was they were in between um, satellites you know, when you're in space and, you know, controllers are on the ground, they have to, the the data comes through via satellites. And they were in between satellites and um, there was really, again, not much they could do in regards to that when they were in between satellites since there was not much, they didn't get any data during that time. And once, that was like, maybe about five minutes later, they figured out something was off and they, and that's why they quit, um, when they did that, luckily, again, they were able to get a orbit where they could actually be able to be safe on the spacecraft, most importantly. And that, again, the professionalism at NASA, Boeing today, ULA, United Launch Alliance, the collaboration between all them, just, you know, it and the team effort that they made today was very important. To make sure that the rocket was safe, <coughs> that they are were able to make sure that that's obviously safe, and most importantly, they did that per, uh, Pacific burn, you know, to make sure they're at a certain orbit. Because the fact is, is that their intentions were to have um, Starliner, of course, um, land back at. Um, in New Mexico, um, back in New Mexico, um, at White Sand at the White Sands facility in New Mexico, and they want to make sure they can have that opportunity to land back at White Sands facility in New Mexico, so they had to, if they weren't in a certain orbit, they wouldn't be able to do that, and they would be landing probably somewhere else, like, for example, maybe the Indian Ocean, which would not be a good thing. And the, their intentions were not to land in on in the ocean. SpaceX, which is one of those, that, uh, um, SpaceX is uh, one of the other companies who's going to be flying crew to in front of the International Space Station. They're uh, going to be landing in water. But Boeing, I believe, if I'm correct, will not be. They'll be landing on land, which is a big deal um, difference there, and that's very important to know, and again, the, um, to NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine today with what happened, really, I think big kudos has to go to him, he, you know, was out there on Twitter tweeting out updates as soon as it became available and said, you know, this is what we know right now, you know, stuff like that, and really, that's how we got the information that we knew what was going on because of the fact that Jim Bridenstine, you know, he said in the press conference, they want to be transparent, they want to give information as soon as they get it, and that's what they did today. They did that today, and I'm very thankful that that is the case, that we got information. This happened probably around 7.10 this morning, and we had a press conference um at... 9.30, so about, um, I would say a little under two and a half hours after the event, uh, the, um, anomaly happened. So that just shows you that, you know, they got the, then they wanted to make sure they could take their time, get the information that they need, at least have something to report before they, you know, talk to the media, and they, that's what they did, and they had a, already planned post-launch news conference, so they were able to take advantage of that post-launch news conference to address, you know, what the latest information is that they have, and that was very important there. So, most importantly here, just my final point on this, is that this is a test flight. It's very important. They're doing this for a reason. Remember when, for example, if you have a computer, um, if you have a computer, let's say, and you know, you test it out for the first time. You want to make sure everything is working properly before you use it. This is w- that's what they were doing here with Starliner. They were testing out all the systems. You know, basically, if there were any bugs, they would fix it. And they had a they had a bug here. The t- a mission elapsed sign on the spacecraft was incorrect, and that is a issue. Uh, uh, something that happened. And they will fix it. They will. It will come down hopefully safely. That's very important. You want to make sure the spacecraft lands safely, which we understand landing could take place as early as Sunday. So, uh, and by the way, I'll briefly mention if um, I do get any feeds uh, of the landing as it happens, I'll definitely be t- taking that live on Campus News Network on Sunday but we do not have a, time, a precise time. I've heard 7.30 in the morning potentially, but that I cannot independently confirm. Again, that's what NASA and Boeing has said as early as 7.30 in the morning on Sunday, but again, that is what they're only saying. They have not said the Pacific time yet. It's still not known at this point, but if, uh, whenever it happens and if it is, live, I'll definitely cover that for campus News Network on Sunday, so stay tuned again to the Campa News Network YouTube channel, if you are not subscribed to the Campa News Network YouTube channel, please subscribe, click the subscribe button, and of course, most importantly, hit all notifications, uh, 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 get your notifications, most importantly, hit that button that says all notifications, because otherwise you're not going to get the notifications, and you won't know when I'm posting a video, or, wi- or going live, or whatever. So, please do that if you are uh, not subscribed yet to the Camper News Network YouTube channel. So, anyway, um, most importantly, NASA, I think, you know, uh, they did the best they could today. And it happens. It's a test. There was a bug. It happens. Most importantly, as long as these spacecrafts are allowed to land safely uh, as early as Sunday, that is very important. You want to make sure that happens so that way they can get the data they need, figure out exactly what happened, and as they always say, move on. And again, we don't have an answer regarding if. um, There was a very good question today at the press conference, which mentioned, you know, is there a possibility they could still go ahead with the crude test flight um, sometime in 2020, and the answer to that is we don't know. They, um, Jim Bridenstine, specifically said he's not ruling it out, but it could be a possibility. Maybe that it might not happen. They may have another uncrewed test flight. That is also another possibility that could happen here. But the thing he mentioned is is never um, with the um, space shuttle, for example. It was never uncrewed. It was never uncrewed. It always had, always had crew on board, even when they tested it, even when they docked for the first time the International Space Station, they never done it before. It was crude. So it is possible they could do it. They have done it before. And again, I'm, I'm going to even say I'm not ruling out the possibility that could happen too. So we're going to have to see. And again, it is something we're going to have to monitor over the next few weeks and uh, maybe even months um, into the investigation. And definitely I'll monitor it, of course, on Twitter at in 1994 Again, please follow me on Twitter at in 1994 as well if you haven't. So the next thing I'm going to do is just briefly. Just briefly because, again, I do not want to spoil it. It has not come out yet. So I do not want to spoil much of what I said in regards to the um um forum that I attended last night and covered for Camping News Network on YouTube Um, in Manhattan with MTA Chairman and CEO Pat Foy and the more President Phil Eng. Don't spoil it much because, again, it's not available yet on Camping News Network. I'm hoping to have that up on the YouTube channel probably sometime tomorrow morning um, maybe even in the afternoon sometime, tomorrow even, <clears throat> but the meeting, I thought, went very well last night, I uh, it was very informative, I thought Phil Lang did a great job last night, um, answering the questions, it was definitely a very informative, I really enjoyed it, I learned something out of it, something that I never knew before, uh, you know, I learned something that, you know, also, you know, that is very important to the future of the LA DeBar and some good news, which again, I'm not going to spoil because, again, the video has not come out yet with the complete coverage of the meeting. But I thought the meeting went very well. I really enjoyed it. It was great to talk to Phil, to talk to Pat Foy, and, you know, this. It was definitely something that I really enjoyed. I wish more of the media would have come out last night because it was definitely something that was very, I thought, informative. And most importantly, other people were there who asked questions. about all a lot of them, were very good questions. One I'll briefly mention was about uh, Belmont Park. Uh the um. I think it was the village mayor or something like that. I think who was there from Floral Park We asked a very good question <clears throat>, regarding the new Belmont Park train station that's coming. And that's a very excellent question. It was a very excellent question he asked that. He actually literally stole my question, too. So I had to think of another one. I briefly mentioned I asked um, regarding electrification, which, again, I'm not going to say much of what Phil Egg said because, again, the video is not available to the public on Camping News Network, which, again, um, will be out probably tomorrow morning sometime on Camping News Network's YouTube channel. So, um, Just a quick synopsis about that, because I don't really want to go much into detail regarding that, because, again, it's not available to the public yet, which, again, as I said, it will be available probably tomorrow morning. So, to wrap up um, with um, the first ever episode of the Campan News Network podcast, uh, I want to take a moment here. To, and this is a late add-in. Again, this was not in the intro episode that was posted earlier this evening. But this literally came over the wires after I recorded the intro episode and posted it earlier t- this evening. Um, Today, NASCAR, which if you don't know, NASCAR, uh, I, I'm i a diehard NASCAR fan. I watch all the races and it, it is a very sad day for NASCAR It's a very sad day for the fans as um, NASCAR champion and uh, Hall of Famer of the inaugural class of the NASCAR Hall of Fame back in 2010. uh, Champion Junior Johnson passed away today at the age of 88. Um, It was a very sad. uh, When I saw that news, and I'll briefly mention how I found out was actually through a NASCAR meteorologist who I look at all the time uh his name is aaron studwell he has a nascar he's actually um a meteorologist who i look at and he posted an article from this nascar website saying something about junior johnson when i swore that i i i didn't even get the alert yet that it actually was true that he passed but I swore that I was like, uh-oh, it sounds like I think Junior Johnson just passed away. That's what I said to myself. And I said, I'm sorry to hear it. And, you know, it was a very sad moment when I swore that. And the fact is that literally, I think within a minute or two after I swore that, I got an alert right on my phone. I think the first one I got was from ESP- Yeah, ESPN. And it was a very sad moment, you know. Junior Johnson, uh, definitely a guy who, you know, inaugural class of the NASCAR Hall of Fame back in 2010. He, it is a very sad moment for NASCAR. It's a very sad moment. I'm saddened to hear of his loss. I, I, I again, started watching NASCAR in 2004, so I obviously, he and I wasn't even alive when he raced, but from what I've heard, he definitely a NASCAR champion. It's a very sad moment, you know, in NASCAR um, that we lost Junior Johnson. And my, you know, I'm gonna all I'm gonna say, and this is my thoughts are with everyone who knew Junior Johnson. My thoughts are, of course, with uh, his friends, his family, and most importantly, his the people who he raced with, the people who covered him. There were some very nice tributes to Junior Johnson on Twitter, I swore early. I was listening, I'll just mention briefly before I end this. I was listening to SiriusXM NASCAR radio this evening for a while, and I heard some of the phone calls, and, you know, it was just some memorable memories that, you know, fans wanted to give on SiriusXM XM NASCAR radio, and it's, you know, very tough right now, and I know you know, he's in a better place. My thoughts are with his family. It's it's definitely always tough. But, you know, we lost a NASCAR champion today in Junior Johnson, the age of 88. And just all I'm going to say is may you rest in peace. Thank you. So that was just a moment of silence in honor of um, Junior Johnson, again, who passed away at the age of 88 tonight. So uh, I think with that, uh, that will wrap up our uh, first ever episode of the Camper News Network podcast. Um, Definitely, if you like this, please subscribe to this podcast. Please, again, if you like this as well, follow me on Twitter, MattCampin1994 for all kinds of news that I tweet as I see it, most importantly, um, and again, also, if you're definitely like this, please, inc- I encourage you all to please subscribe to my YouTube channel, that's Camper News Network on YouTube, um, where I post videos on uh, different things, so definitely, that's worth checking out as well, so, with that, i will wrap up episode number one of the Camper News Network podcast, and... Of course, I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, of course, as I say always on my YouTube channel, Camper News Network, every single, uh, most videos that I end with, I always say this line, and I'll say it every single episode on this podcast, uh, every day. Remember that. And that is The Fight Continues. Uh, thank you all for listening.